You're listening to The Skelton Report. We dig deep into the issues of mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement. Thanks for listening to the show. Here's your host, Mark Nathaniel Skelton. Welcome to The Skelton Report, a podcast for the people. Let me start off by saying Happy New Year. We're in a new year, 2022. Elephant in the room. I've been on a little hiatus. Uh, I think the fancy people call it sabbatical. But, um, you know, I can't stay away from the work. So I'm, I'm grinding. I'm back. Um, a lot of great things are happening. Uh, school's going great. God's been good. Celebrating eight years of marriage. Uh, kids are doing great. How are you doing? I hope you're doing great. Whatever, wherever you're at, uh, whatever you're doing, um, just speaking blessings over you. Hope all is well your way. Uh, I wanted to let you know, you know, some good news is that I'm beginning the dissertation process. All right. And so the thing is, I want you to join me along the journey. All right. And what that means is, uh, of course, give me some encouragement, uh, listen to the report, send some prayers, some positive thoughts, some feedback. But I also want you to walk alongside me as I share uh, what research I'm learning and what it's revealing on the topic of interest. And I'll keep you and myself abreast. So basically, um, if you're unfamiliar with the dissertation process, that's another reason why I'm doing this, because I myself, you know, you heard about you hear about it um, and, and I don't know where you're at in your life. You may already uh, have your degrees. Uh, you may be thinking about it. You may not be thinking about it at all. But basically, a dissertation process is the capstone project for your doctorate. And um, once again, my mentor, Dr. Horton, told me you don't want to be ABD. and means all but dissertation, meaning you've done all your classwork, but you have not done the dissertation project. So this is very important. It's like I'm giving myself to it. I want to share with you what I'm learning because I think it's a very relevant topic to today's time and uh, those involved. So the basic overview is that I'm going to be looking at COVID-19, no surprise there. Uh, I'm going to be looking at the African-American community and also looking at um, spirituality in the mix of all this, all that together. It's going to be a qualitative study. That's just a... A type of study that focuses more on like information and insight as opposed to numbers. And so, you know, don't you don't have to worry about or stunt that too much. But currently where I'm at in the process. So I have a whole dissertation chair. Once again, I said it's like the tribunal. That's the people making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And then my my chair person is like the head coach who's kind of guided me in the process, but I got to get out here and make the place. And currently where I'm at in the process is just literature review. I'm focusing on the literature, and that means studying articles on the topic at hand and just letting the science lead the discussion. All right, so with that, that means I'm, I'm speaking with experts such as medical professionals, health professionals, psychologists, ministers, church leadership, a great research librarian, and give them a shout out who's been very helpful in the process. And so once again, I just want to share what I'm learning with 
you on the topic. Um, um, let's see. How do we go with this? So today, I basically really want to tell you uh, what I'm learning about the disparities. It's the main theme that's kind of coming up right now. Man. The disparities in COVID within the African-American communities. And basically, what are some of the reasons to that? Um, also, as I'm learning, too, I'm just going to, you know, just be upfront, be transparent. What I'm learning is uh, this idea that, vac of course, this vaccination has been highly politicized and polarized and all that good stuff. Um, I would say this platform is bipartisan, nonpartisan, unbiased, all that good stuff. Like basically whatever side of the aisle you're on, um, I just want to provide the information to you, let you do with it as you will, you know, eat the meat, throw away the bone, as they say, no agenda here. This is the skeleton report. I just want to share what the science is saying. And the reason why I bring that point up is because what I'm learning through the research, too, is this common theme of misinformation. Um, by definition, that's just false or inaccurate information, especially that which is deliberately intended to deceive. Um, so... Uh, I believe that is associated, misinformation is associated with, and once again, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, uh, misinformation seems to be associated with COVID vaccines and statistics and all that. And so I'm not here to point any fingers, but I am here to share kind of what I'm learning. For instance, I did not know this. All right, this is a fun fact, if you could put it that way, that... So from the re, um, research article titled COVID-19 Vaccine Acceptance and Beliefs Among Black and Hispanic Americans, uh, Sandra Lindsay is a black medical professional, was the first person in the United States to receive the COVID vaccine and the second person in the U.S. to receive the vaccine. Dr. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this name, but the last name is D-U-R-O-S-E. AU was also black and noted uh, the importance of personally illustrating the vaccine safety. So coming from the black community and having conversations with the black community, I thought that was interesting. I did not know that at all. Um, where do we go with that? Once again, uh, I'm not here to tell you. I just think it's good for you to know that information. And so and I think it's good for you to understand these infection rates that I'm about to share and the reasons for these disparities. All right. And I also thought it would be helpful to present research and information from African-American professionals just so that you can feel and see some of the representation. Because what I'm learning, too, through this journey is that um, minorities, people of color um, appreciate it when information is coming from people that look like them, if I could put it that way. Um, because um, I'll, I'll do a I'll do a, a segment episode on this as well. The mistrust that is in let me put it this way: the justified mistrust, as one researcher put it, within the the healthcare field with African Americans, a lot based on um, historical happenings. Okay, so that makes sense. But let's go ahead and. And get into the infection rates, what I've learned. I just want to share with you real briefly. Um, so there's 
a um, American cardiologist. This article is titled COVID-19 African-Americans. Clyde Warren Yancey is an American cardiologist. Um, once again, African-American. He's a professor at Northwest University um, Finberg School of Medicine. He has previously served as the past president of the American Health Association. His research uh, considers heart failure, heart transplantation, and ways to prevent heart failure. So, a official, right? Top, top dog. So, basically, he's stating that underrepresented minorities are developing COVID-19 infections more frequently and dying disproportionately at greater rates than others. Um, the research goes on to say that persons who are African-Americans are black are contracting SARS-CoV-2 at higher rates and are more likely to die. The John Hopkins University and American Community Survey indicate that to date, at the time of this writing, of 131 predominantly black counties in the U.S., infection rate is 137.5 in 100, to 100,000. And the death rate is 6.3 to every 100,000. This infection rate is more than threefold. That's the takeaway. Don't get lost in numbers. Threefold higher than that in predominantly white counties. Moreover, this death rate for predominantly black counties is sixfold higher than in predominantly white counties. Uh, in Chicago, more than 50% of COVID-19 cases uh, and nearly 70% of COVID-19 deaths involve black individuals, although blacks make up only 30% of the overall population. So even though we make up a small percentage of the overall United States population, all right, so if there's 10 people all together, um, we make up three of those people, just for simplicity's sake, illustration's sake. But... Um, 50% of the COVID cases are from this three people, all right? 70% of the deaths are from this three people of overall deaths, including all races. So once again, just want to share this information with you from researchers that are African-American and want us to be aware of what's really going on. I have Cato, um, I think it's a French name, uh, Laura Singh. He's an MD, PhD, American engineer, physician, scientist, innovator, and a university professor at the University of Connecticut. He is currently the chief executive officer of the Connecticut uh, Institute for Translation in Regenerative Engineering. Once again, top shelf. Uh, in his research, he says racism and its subsequent effects on social and economic factors have resulted in virus dis. Uh, portionality affecting black people. So once again, there's going to be another episode that I want to talk about more in depth of this racism and structural piece. But for right now, I just want to focus on the disproportionate rates and some of the reasons why um, blacks are experiencing COVID-19 death tolls exceeding one in 800 nationally, while white Americans are experiencing a death toll at one in 3,125 nationally, okay? Blacks have COVID-19 death rates of more than 2.7 times white Americans. Given that the virus has hit the black community the hardest, um, Dr. States, I am concerned now that vaccine hesitancy 
that's going to be another episode as well. Like I said, we're going to we're going to work through. Going to we're going to make these digestible. May perpetrate the health disparities that we are currently seeing in the numbers of infection and deaths taking place in the black community. Last but not least, Doctor Monica Peaks. Okay, well, I also want to provide a female doctor. Her research uh, titled "COVID nineteen among African Americans: An Action Plan for Mitigating Disparities." Um, basically, Doctor Peak specializes in general internal medicine and preventative health for adults. She has a particular interest in reducing health care disparities, and concentrates these efforts on diabetes care, breast cancer screening, education for African American patients. So she states in her research that as the COVID pandemic has unfolded across the United States, troubling disparities in morality has emerged between different racial groups, particularly African-Americans and whites. Provides examples. For example, 51% of deaths in South Carolina have been among African-Americans, despite their once again representing only 30% of the population in Chicago, Illinois. African-Americans constituted 70% of early COVID-19 deaths, despite composing only 30% of the population. And deaths continue to cluster in neighborhoods where there are 90% of the residents are African-Americans. In addition, it is important to recognize uh, that we focus our attention on African-Americans, the group for which the most data currently exists and whose disparities have been most highlighted in national discourse. So we have... Some top doctors um, that are African-American providing this information, you know, I think that can uh, be better received amongst African-Americans uh, and to be considered. All right. Not that information that comes from um, different ethnicities doesn't matter. But once again, I'm also learning that it's very important for African-Americans to hear this information from other African-Americans. Uh, with that trust and relational piece. So just to recap, basically, there's a huge disparity, meaning that African-Americans seem to be uh, the most likely to contract and die from the COVID-19 virus. Now, what are some of the reasons why? I think that would be important to share as well. I'm not a bearer of bad news. I just want you to be aware of what's going on around you. And maybe help explain why, what some of the research is saying. So these uh, same uh, individuals um, discuss how black communities are in poor areas, um, the housing density, high crimes, poor access to healthy foods, lower social economic status are risk factors. Um, also, these pre-existing health conditions such as diabetes, obesity, um, coronary artery disease, which speed up the effects of COVID nineteen vaccination. So we gotta we gotta start uh, eating healthy, taking care of ourselves, taking care of one another, get in the field, become a health provider. All right, this is stuff that's probably gonna be more generational, but you know I'm on my soapbox. I think it's very important for us to do these things. Also, poverty plays a role, mass incarceration. But um, this Mar- uh, Marites, if I got that correct, uh, Vasquez Riaz. As a graduate student and currently working on her doctorate, I believe. And she has a great article. She's a social worker and 
she has a great article on uh, about the reasons for these disparities. And I kind of want to talk about them a little bit. So one reason is uh, low income. All right. Um, low income racial and ethnic minorities tend to live in densely. It's mean really concentrated populated areas in multi-generational households, meaning um, the grandmother may live there, mom and the child. These living conditions make it uh, difficult for lower income families to take necessary precautions for their safety and the safety of their loved ones on a regular basis. All right. This fact becomes even more crucial during a pandemic. Also, low wages could be another reason. The type of work where people, it's what her article says, and some racial and ethnic groups are overrepresented can also contribute to this risk of getting sick with COVID-19. Nearly 40% of African-American workers, more than 7 million, are low-wage workers and have jobs that deny them even a single paid sick day. Workers without paid sick leave might be more likely to continue to work even when they are sick. This can increase workers' exposure to other workers who may be infected with the COVID-19 vaccination. Also, uh, the CDC has noted that many African-Americans who hold low-wage but essential jobs, when we say this, we're talking about food service, public transit, and healthcare, are required to continue to interact with the public despite outbreaks, all right? Given the way the virus spreads, by the time a person knows they're infected, they have likely already infected many others in close contact with them because being both at home and at work. All right, so low income and low wages. Homelessness, staying home is not an option for the homeless, this article states. African-Americans, despite making up 13%, of the U.S. population account for about 40% of the nation's homeless population, according to the annual homeless assessment report to Congress. Given that people experiencing homelessness often live in close quarters, has comprised immune systems or compromised immune systems and are aging, they're exceptionally vulnerable to communicable diseases, including the coronavirus. Um, jails and prisons. Nearly 2.2 million people are in U.S. jails and prisons, the highest rate in the world. According, oh, if you get a chance, um, check out the documentary uh, 13th. Okay, breaks a lot of this down. Uh, we watched it in class, watching it on my own too. And uh, just, it's pretty interesting about how the um, incarceration population increases over the years. But uh, back to here, I digress. According to the U.S. Bureau of Justice in 2018, the imprisonment rate among black men was 5.8 times that of white men, while the imprisonment rate among black women was 1.8 the rate of white women, meaning uh, black men were more likely to go to prison than, than white men. And the same for uh, females. This overrepresentation of African-Americans in U.S. jails, we're going somewhere with this, in prisons, is another indicator of social and economic inequality affecting this population. However, there's been a very limited response to preventing transmission of the virus within detention facilities, which cannot achieve the physical distancing needed to effectively prevent the spread of COVID-19. So this is another reason why uh, there's higher rates of infection 
as well as deaths within the black community. Uh, residential segregation, African-Americans living in impoverished, segregated neighborhoods may live further away from grocery stores, hospitals, and other medical facilities. Um, man, once again, some other research I've on my private time, I was reading about how a lot of uh, lower income black communities are what they call, I think, grocery store deserts, uh, health food deserts, um, meaning they don't have the good foods in their neighborhoods. Right? You have to travel pretty far to get you know, healthy foods, foods that you basically need to be eating. So then we have to resort to what's around us uh, just because of proximity. And you know what? That doesn't help us because once again, that is contributing to those underlying conditions, those underlying health conditions. Which is the next point, underlying health conditions. African-Americans have historically been disproportionately diagnosed with chronic disease such as asthma, hypertension, diabetes, underlying conditions that may make COVID-19 more lethal. Perhaps there has never been a pandemic that has brought these disparities so vividly into focus. Um, yeah, she also quotes... Um, Dr. Fauci in the stating in the statement that is not that African-Americans are getting infected more often. Check this out. It's that when they do get infected, their underlying medical conditions wind them up in the ICU and ultimately give them a higher death rate. One of the highest risk factors of COVID-19 related death among African-Americans is hypertension, high blood pressure. Um, I just want to slip this in here, too. I did it. Um, we're just not basically genetically in fear or anything like that. It's just you know, our habits. And I, you know, would argue, I think it's debatable that I think a lot of these habits, eating habits we picked up were from uh, slavery, things that were done to us in the past. And it's not an excuse, but I think it can help um, answer some questions or fill some gaps um, and, and how a lot of the food that we eat basically comes from uh, the habits that we picked up and some of the food that we were given, the lower end food, uh, during slavery, we had to spice it up. It was a really cool research that I did on that and paper I wrote and learned a thing or two of why we eat what we eat and why other ethnicities, ethnicities eat what they eat. And so I think what has happened is just we kind of carry these patterns on and pass it down, seasoned up the food to make it taste better because it was low quality. And we're just, you know, continuing on. Nobody's really stopped and thought like, hey, why am I eating the way that I do? So I think once again, you can't do better till you know better. And I think it's uh, about time to, you know, un unveil some of this and make a change and just create awareness. And that's that was the purpose of this episode. So I hope you get an idea that the biggest take homes is that we have professionals on um, from all cultures showing that, you know, African-Americans are getting hit pretty hard with COVID-19. Um, and there's reasons why. I hope that helps connect some of the dots. Just our living arrangements, some of the industries that we're in, you know, more service, uh, labor, where you're around people, uh, homelessness contributes. The fact that we uh, make up a vast majority of the population in jails and prisons, which isn't right either, right? But once again, just to help give you some understanding, that's what scripture says, and all you're getting, get an understanding. Uh, so understand also r racial uh, segregation or residential segregation and underlying health problems contribute to these numbers. Okay, so 
Take that, chew on it, think about it. All right. Um, follow me in the next episode where I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I'm learning and what I'm researching. I want to share a little bit about what I'm learning about the spirituality piece when it comes to COVID. Um, I'm, I'm just learning a lot. Like I said, we kind of walk through this. Um, shoot some of the racial uh, reasons going on. Um, so um, some solutions that that can happen as well. So. You know, that's all I got. Be blessed. And I will check you on the next go around. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, also, check me out at skeleton underscore neural on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok because I'm going over a lot of helpful information concerning the brain right now. Um, a lot of great things you can learn there. And uh, once again, the Skeleton Report, catch me on YouTube and all of the major platforms for uh, podcasts. All right. Till next time, I'll check you out. Peace. You've been listening to The Skelton Report. Mark's passion is mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement. And his education and background prove that he's more than qualified to be speaking about these issues. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we hope you've picked up some useful information along the way as well. Find us now on Apple and Google Podcasts. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, hook up with Mark on Twitter and Instagram at Skelton underscore Neuro on Apple and Google podcast at the Skelton Report. To reach out with comments and questions, send an email to skeletonneuroscience at gmail.com. Check out the e-courses on Udemy by searching Mark N. Skelton and find the website at www.skeletonneurocounseling.com.